0: Hello, listeners. Episode 250 of Retro Encounter is on the horizon, and we are doing a mailbag episode. Please send emails to the address retro at rpgfan.com, and on episode 250, we will read aloud and respond to as many emails as we can. The questions can be whatever you like, but we especially want recommendations for games to play on the podcast, because we will be choosing one game suggestion from episode 250 for a Retro Encounter episode later this year. Now here is the latest episode of Retro Encounter. Hello and welcome to episode 247 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fan's weekly podcast of many topics. I'm Mike Zelosi, and in the second half of July, the topic has been Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, the Super Famicom-turned-Saturn-turned-PlayStation-turned-PSP-RPG that has a lot of very passionate fans. Let's talk about uh, who's actually here speaking in person, starting with Nilsson Carroll. Hello. And Joe Padilla. Howdy. And Zach Wilkerson. Hey All right. So Nilsen is a Tactics Ogre veteran here, but this is the first run of Let Us Cling Together for Joe, Zach, and I. And uh with no shade to Nilsen, I think we I I think we should uh hear the perspective from the new players. Um we all managed to finish this game. Each of us picked a different story path. Uh so for starting with you, Zach, you went the neutral ending. Um I did. It, uh, did you do any did, try any other story paths, and uh, what were your sort of impressions of the of uh, Tactics Ogre Over overall?
1: Uh, in terms of other story paths, I didn't really have time to play around with too much, except the chaos to neutral. So it was like chaos second chapter, and then neutral third chapter, and then like everyone's in the same boat basically in the final chapter. So I, I didn't have too much time to play around with that. I played around with a little bit of the side content, but there is so much side content open side content that opens up like almost like right before the ending of this game and like most of it seems to be for post game and I didn't play around with that too much.
0: We will get to that. And uh but um for now uh Joe, same question, what was your overall impression and did you mess around with any story paths besides law, which I know is the one you chose?
2: Yeah. Um I didn't really mess around with other with other story paths. Um overall impressions though. When I first started this game, I was uh, I was really liking it. Then, um, kind of in, I guess, the, the a bit of the middle of it, I fell off it a bit and just played Persona for a while. Um, but by the end, I was like, yep, I really like this game. So it stuck the landing for me in a lot of ways. I think I basically
0: agree with separate points that each of you made. Um, Joe, you are... Uh... Like you, I enjoyed this game overall. Uh, I thought it was a really satisfying strategy RPG, especially with uh, w- with a lot of the story notes it hits. But um, parts of it do drag. Like, there are parts maybe in the middle or maybe in the last third of the game where, it, I don't know, you're in a situation like, I am fighting six octopi and they are all strong against every attack I have. And I'm I'm stronger than they are, and I'm gonna win. But it's gonna be a grind because I deal less than five percent of their health with every hit. And it's it's just some of the map design feels like I'm just going walking up a a death staircase with the enemy. I agree. Yeah, with the enemy at higher elevations and just providing annoying terrain and and battle resistance. Uh, And there are exploits you can do, and there's a there's a stratagem or a skill for almost every situation. That requires a level of preparedness that I, frankly, was not prepared for most of the time. And <laughs> I, I, I brute forced not every battle in the second half, but a non-trivial number of them. And to Zach's point, a lot of this game is backloaded. Uh, almost all of the important side quests are, at, are in Chapter 4, and many of them are at higher levels than the final boss and are intended to be done in a post-game. And I think we're just going to jump ahead to a, a little bit uh the post game of tactics over let us clean together is not essential, but I think the designers really want you to play it because uh like i i one of the end game side quests is called the six shrines or the uh or uh or like the ultimate magics i forget i forget, there's a special uh there's a special word for them. Um, it, was like, it was like apostica or something. I'm, I feel bad for forgetting. But I, I, I did about half of that side quest, but then eventually just got a little fatigued and decided to beat the game instead. But there's that side quest, a 104 Palace of the Dead side quest, multiple character recruitment side quests, uh, and that with su- entire subplots surrounding them that are leveled after the final battle. And after you beat the game you unlock the world system, which allows you to jump anywhere on the timeline to experience different parts of the story and make different choices. And those parts of the game are so robust. Oh, and, and in, the, in the PSP version, there's a section called Coda, which continues the story after the game is over, um, I, I and I didn't touch that at all. But... I, I almost feel like I uh, I shortchanged myself, sort of just beating the game and mostly stopping because they set such a large banquet for you in terms of post game and end game content that I I I wonder if it's if if they I I feel like Matsuno at all really wants you to play that and maybe you haven't even fully experienced Let Us Clean Together if you pass on it as I did, uh, Nilsson you have played all of that side uh end game side content before definitely yeah. yeah definitely when you first played the game and maybe at least a little bit during this playthrough as well um how crucial do you think it is
3: It's what I it's nice that it's a game that you can play through once and like get the story like I think we all did this time like kind of just get, got through it and saw the story but there's a lot of depth to it like if you want to dig deep and like you can either play the game for like i don't know like 35 hours or you could play it for like 150 hours and really like get like the perfect team and go through like the palace of the dead like 100 percent but it's probably not necessary i think it's only if you're like really digging the systems already that you would like want to spend all that time to do it
0: Uh, apocrypha that's the name of the ultimate magic quest that i was in i was in the middle of doing i i I remembered it just partway through your explanation nilson but you're but you're right um you can plumb the depth of this game as much as you want and uh when I was unlocking those magic spells, the the bosses were around level twenty-five, I think. And if you, but if you replay those te- temple dungeons, you get level thirty-five or forty versions of the same spell. And the, the final boss of the game, I think, is level twenty-five, but you get a level thirty required sword just before fighting him. So, that, like, there are paths and bullet points for po- uh, post-game content that are shown to you very clearly. But, uh, like. You like you said, I was basically done after playing through it once, but there's a lot more to play with if the if the player wants to continue. Um, so, uh, Zach, exactly how much Endgame did you do?
1: I didn't do much of it. I rec- I recruited um, maybe one or two additional characters, and I did a couple of the side missions. But part of that was because, like, I was like, I hadn't been using a dragoon, and I was like, ah, I should probably use a dragoon because, like, they're important against monsters. Because I was brute forcing before you, like, there was a fight, mm-hmm. and we'll talk about this, where I tried it forty different times, and I grinded like crazy for it, and I still couldn't do it. But like, so like, I was always brute forcing like everything because like my ninjas and my archers just carried the day. Um, but for the most part, I-, I didn't do a ton of it. Um but like the end game was like a cinch for me even even with that.
0: Yeah, but for me it was archers and enchant- and enchantresses that I used for most of the whole game. I, I recruited all four uh sisters. It uh um Saria, Olivia uh um Sherry and the one I didn't use as much. <laughs> um Just, yeah. Can we talk about yeah, Saria so, s- and the s- neutral s- route Sistina, when you're Sistina, done? That's right. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Zach, you and I had this conversation off air. Uh, Saria is maybe the most challenging uh, protect this character quest in the whole game, and it's in, impossible. In, 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 neut- in neutral route <laughs> and in chaos route, which I was doing, she just joins automatically.
1: Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, like, there, there's a there's a fight, and one of the problems with this game is. Like, this game is pretty easy, I think, actually. Like, even if you're at the same level or, like, a level lower, I think it's not that bad if you're, like, being even, like, vaguely conscientious about your skills and what you're doing. But, like, there's a a fight in Chapter 3 if you're doing the neutral route, which I think the neutral route has its interesting elements. Um, But there's a fight where you're supposed to save Saria, and she's in the middle of, like, eight different um, enemy units, um, like, up on, like, the, the top of a building, um, and she's not equipped with any equipment. And she's suicidal. And she just keeps running into them over and over again. And I've read, that, like, if you play it after you've done, like, the law or the chaos route, like, it's not so bad. But in my route, no matter what I did, I tried, and I'm not kidding, I tried 38 times, I counted, to recruit her. It is impossible. Like, everyone, and I don't care what people say online. It's not possible to well, recruit her. What people
0: What people are saying online is is nonsense because they're basically saying oh maybe you should save this for a new game plus
1: it, it, that is it, actually what like maybe 80% of the people say.
0: <laughs> that that's such a frustrating comment kind of like, Oh, the game gets really good after 30 hours. I was, I was like, well, <laughs> you just wasted me those first 30 hours. Thanks. Um, the, the, those are, uh, those are pet peeves of mine, but it, the AI in this game is abysmal and sometimes it works in your favor. Like, okay. Uh, the enemy commander just walked directly into path of my archers. I guess I'm going to win this fight on turn three. Uh, but also, um, uh, a lot of the guest character, uh, battles, the, the, it really feels like they're trying to kill themselves. Uh, I, 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 it took me a couple tries to recruit, um, Aracel, uh, in chapter two because, I don't know, she just kept flinging herself at zombies and the, the, I had to, I had to fly over Canopus with a lobber so he could just chuck potions at her like a, like a very unusual lacrosse player, um. <sighs> Uh, in order to have her survive that time, I I don't love the guest character missions a lot of the time, but
2: uh, were the, these, were, the, y'all, the, were y'all using the chariot? Like, were you rewinding and such?
0: Sometimes I tried to. Uh, if I if I had an attack miss, um, mm-hmm. then a lot of the time I would be like, I'm not gonna rewind this because I earned that miss. I took a calculated <laughs> risk, and and uh, and I don't want to use a chariot like save states.
1: In, in the, the 38 tries that I had I used it in almost all of them and it still didn't work <laughs> uh, listen,
0: listeners in case you're uh, in case you're having a little bit of uh, terminology confusion the chariot refers to a system where you can use the L button on the PSP or Vita to rewind turns and replay parts of battles uh it's extremely helpful it's you can get very manipulated uh, with with it if you want i think i think it's even called the wheel of fate in the japanese version which is the uh which is the um the subtitle of the uh, japanese psp version but um it, it it's it's very handy i again i tried not to abuse it but if if something went really badly for me or if i uh immediately regretted something i did i would use it but i i, I tried not to abuse it because then i felt like i it felt a little dirty if i uh if I, you know, was trying to game the system too much. But, yeah, it's possible to play through every part of the game in a single playthrough using uh, using the world system, which is, I mean, a little bit like... Uh, I, I mean, I, I've recently, in the past year or two, uh, played, replayed the entire um, uh, Zero Escape series and AI The Somnium Files, which are both uh, story-driven games where you jump around a timeline uh, at... At, at your whim, and this seems like a strategy RPG version of that, which is cool, but it's just, this game is so dense that I was not interested in revisiting it right after beating the game. But well, let's rewind time a little bit, use our own version of the Chariot, and go to Chapter 3. So mm-hmm. um, Joe was on Law, I was on Chaos, and Zach, you were on Neutral. Um, Joe, I want you to go last, because I think, I think the Law route is maybe the most satisfying version of this. In, in Chapter 3 you're you're basically still pursued by multiple forces um and you finally confront have final confrontations with Leonard and uh and Vice and ba- basically Vice has become such a sadistic rage monster that he um he betrays the uh he he betrays the duke then gets betrayed by Lotus then gets turned over to um uh, to his own Wallister people, and you see him executed in a sort of a Greek tragedy, um, curtain rolls, off-screen scream kind of uh, situation. And, oh, yeah. and 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 Leonar, uh, Joe was talking about how a con- the confrontation between De- Denim and Leonar, either late in Chapter 2 or early in Chapter 3, Law Path, was a, a really poignant moment. It's almost the opposite in Chapter 3. When you're fighting him, he's uh, he's sort of disappointed in you because on the choices you make in the Chaos route are following your heart over doing what's best for uh for your faction and he thinks it's not very knightly and not very practical he, he basically thinks you're an impetuous child and tells you as such but knows that you that you uh have a command of the rebellion and are an important figure to the rebellion so you and he can't coexist so he in, in an almost a like a sad dad saying there can only be one. You have a uh, a, a, a fight against him and his crew. And he, it, it's nothing like the challenging vice duel. He goes down pretty easy. But it, I think it's a similar comp- confrontation to the law route. But instead of doing it and secretly hoping that Denim's the winner, he's doing it because Denim needs to be put down. And but But you beat him, obviously. It was a sort of dissatisfying, sad version of the confrontation that Joe made, uh, Joe made to sound really cool in, uh, in, in, in your, in your path. But Zach, uh, exact, exactly what happens um, to that faction in the neutral route? Cause basically at the end of chapter two, uh, you decide to reunite against a common foe with mm-hmm. the, the Wallisters and the Duke.
1: Yeah. So you rejoin with the Duke um, and vice is basically this goes off the rails in the neutral route. Um, and, Vice actually is the one who assassinates the Duke in the neutral route, right?
0: Yeah, and in both neutral and chaos, I think. Or at okay. least it's true, yeah, in, yeah. it's true in chaos.
1: Yeah. So he assassinates the Duke and he becomes sort of a um a cartoonish villain, um, in in terms of like his efforts to take down the Wallisters because he's just angry all the time. Um and, and so because of that, he um, doesn't get a lot of play, actually, in the neutral route. Like, he's not around a lot. Like, your first goal when you go on the neutral route and you rejoin the Duke is go hunt down Vice and take him down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the process, Vice takes the Duke down, and then you eventually take Vice down, not in a duel necessarily. But um, he he's just sort of like this, like, nebulous villain who has this ridiculous character portrait that I can't even really compare Yeah, he name
0: he name. has twisted rage face and is basically yeah, a, and is basically a revenge monster. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um but yeah, I mean like in terms of the neutral route, Vice is um really a cartoon villain. I, I think there's some interesting things about the neutral route, but I'm not really sure that Vice is one of them.
0: Now we we did go over this a little bit in the previous episode, but Joe uh Vice is characterized very differently in in the law route. Is That that's correct?
2: Yeah, I mean in the in the law route, Vice is so Vice kind of forms like the sort of he butts heads with Dunham has sort of rivalry with him. Um, yeah, you know, he forms like a new Wallster alliance after Balma Musa. Um, and eventually he and Dunham after Leonor, um they kind of form back together and he rejoins the band along with um, along with Aerosol, um, although you know she wasn't there. Uh, before, but they both join up. Yeah, Ar- Ariselle
0: joins in chapter two in the uh, chaos and neutral routes. Oh, okay. Yeah, but but yeah. she uh, but you have to yeah, she has to survive a couple um, a couple of those guest missions that Zach
2: loves so dearly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's from what it sounds like. I feel like the law route was probably easier than chaos or neutral because um, I didn't. You know, I use I use Chariot uh, a pretty you know. Pretty liberally throughout this throughout this playthrough, but i didn't have to redo um, I, I didn't have to redo any um any battles or anything um, and so vice joins back up and just kind of he just kind of matures and is ready to sacrifice for what he thinks the common good to be and um, it, so he's just he's just kind of there. He doesn't really have much after he rejoins, but he's a good boy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, if I were to replay this game, I would be... My first choice would be to uh, finish this uh, Apocrypha side quest to finally unlock the Shaman class and then go back and do the Law route, because that does seem like, if maybe not necessarily the true route of this game, it looks like the most satisfyingly designed, because in the Chaos route, I... I felt like Vent Denim was sort of angry and passionate, but uh but but the story situations weren't as interesting and um and Vice and Leonard almost became non-characters. When in, in law it's the flip side of that. It's like, it, like it's maybe a slightly colder uh denim, more fit to rule, and you get more out of Vice and Leonard and possibly others. So yeah. I, 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 I without real knowledge of the all of the nuances between routes. I think Law Route is maybe sort of the way to go if you were playing this for the first time.
2: Probably. I mean, there's there's I think there's a, a pretty good amount of strong characterization in it. There's some stuff that still doesn't quite make sense, like in um, Mara, and we'll we'll talk more about um, Cat Kachua, Um but um, some of her some of her story stuff doesn't really make much sense, but. Um, but I overall really like the law route.
3: I feel like just on like forums and stuff, the law route is like the known as the one that has the best plot. People really like suggest doing the law route, like to get into the plot.
0: So it's not just Ravness.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean it might be for some people. <laughs> but yeah, I think <laughs> But there's no way I could have made that decision at the end of chapter
1: one. That, that was would be terrible. Yeah, yeah it's I'm not, um, murdering a village of innocent people for any reason.
2: Zach, there's do no you way. just think you're do you just think you're better than me or something?
1: I don't, Joe.
0: <laughs> he just makes better decisions than you, Joe. <laughs> well, but fine. And, fine. <laughs> I, I I still admire the balls of this game to have the 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 sort of best outcome coming from slaughtering a village of innocence. That that is that is subversive and pretty dark. But uh me playing this game intending to just sort of following to follow my heart, knowing that there was multiple routes, I, I had to pick Chaos route for that first decision. Um now that I'm a a cold, heartless Tactics Ogre veteran, I'll totally go and pick that pick law route every time. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I really think that that's maybe other than what happens to Kachua, that's maybe the most impactful feeling decision in the whole game
2: mm-hmm. in in the uh in the the chaos route, isn't it basically just that like even though you didn't commit the massacre everyone's like find denim he did the massacre and you just keep trying to tell people like no i didn't <laughs>
0: Yes, that, that's basically that's what it. I've heard. The, the first couple of yeah. fights are you trying? To that's convi- totally true.
2: Yeah.
0: The first couple of fights are you trying to convince Aracel, No, I didn't actually kill your friends. Here, watch me be a good person for four missions, and then and then it ends up uh, you confronting Leonar, uh, who's Aracel's fiance, um, and and having him admit to her that yes, he ordered the massacre, which is which gets Aracel to join your party, uh, which is you know, one of the better uh, character moments in uh, in Chaos Route, but. Uh, the routes basically all come together in in chapter four, with only a few character differences. Uh, in in non present cutscenes, being the the change, with the biggest change of all being the the Los Lorian knights manipulating Katua. Uh, th- this might go differently on chaos or or neutral, but through all, throughout chapter four, and and parts of chapter three, Katua is just furious with her brother for the decisions that you, that Denim has been making, and ends with her uh like decide um with the, the um the lancelot the uh bad lancelot lancelot tartarus telling her that uh she is the illegitimate daughter of king Dorg- uh, dorgalua whose name i'm definitely saying wrong i uh, what, what what what's Any- our stance on on how to pronounce that name
2: anyway <laughs> you, anyway, you, anyway you slice it it just sounds it just it just doesn't sound appealing
0: dorgalua yeah dorgalua yeah it's a bad name. Yeah. So, uh, so King Dorg. Um, maybe he's related to the Imperial Norg. Um, so, so that uh, he reveals that Kachua is the illegitimate daughter of King Dorgalua, who was the uh, the uh, not the Bakram King that sort of united all of the different tribes and nations on the island, and uh, she could be a possible figurehead that would unite all of these warring factions into a into a single Valeria again, and because Katcha was so pissed off at denim for parts of chapter three and most of chapter four, she sort of goes along with it. And, uh, and, and you're, and you, she even dresses in black like with symbolism as, as clear as a 1960s Western movie. And, uh, uh, basically in the version I played in the chaos route, denim had to run to her after you have a, uh, a fight with, um, with Lancelot in the capital, uh, which is I think uh, is it Grail, or um, Heim Heim, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. A, uh, you you fight Lancelot and Heim and have a confrontation with Catua, and I. This is where it gets a little confusing, um, because I I checked a guide to make sure make sure I did it right, and I think if you sort of admit wrongdoing, and and beg to be to get back with her. Then she will rejoin you in Chaos route. But if you're in Law route, you have to say I never betrayed you, and uh, and ask her to come back to you. It, it, I I could be framing that a little incorrectly,
1: I, but yeah. But I you, think it is based on a response that you have earlier about like wh- at least in Neutral route. Oh uh, yeah,
0: I, right. When, when you're talking to the head of the church guy.
1: Um, yeah. The, about whether you would whether you would take her down or not, and like you have to do like the opposite of that. Like your response that is required in that is based on the response that is required earlier. Nilsson would know better than me, but yes. Yeah,
0: D- depending on which route you're on and that, and the, the outcome of that conversation, you have to say e- either one thing or the opposite thing to Kachua uh, after the fight with Lancelot. And um, the two outcomes are Kachua rejoins your party, you set her up to be the, um, the monarch of all of Valeria, she unlocks the princess class, which is very powerful, and uh, and you sort of go on to the end game, and the other way around that is Kachua, in total despair, commits suicide, and uh, and Denim becomes the sort of regent of the of this army that is about to take over Valeria, and you unlock the the Lord class for him. Yeah, and I think there's another path that involves sort of taking a uh, a dark angle to it, and you unlock a dark priest cast that's like an offensive spellcaster for Kachua, that I uh but but I. I'd have to check a guide to see how that works, but basically, the outcome of the cutscene after you fight Lancelot is: Will Katoua commit suicide and and then then become a lord, or uh, Katoua sort of become the de facto empress and rejoin your party?
2: Yeah, for for uh, this. <laughs> For this part in that decision and dialogue, I just put in my notes a choice: gaslight my sister or let her commit suicide. Like, like if it, it just yeah. I mean, I chose, I chose the the path where um, I wasn't sure like what the outcomes would be, um, so I didn't look this up, but um, I was just like, yeah, I, I had denim say, I'm sorry. Um, you felt you know, this you know you felt like this and. Um, I promised to be better. And then she just like killed herself. I was like, okay. So I guess I was supposed to say that I never did anything wrong. And then you like redrawn. Cause you'd be like, Oh yeah, you didn't do anything wrong. Like it, what? I, I was in a similar
0: situation. I mentioned I checked a guide, but the reason I checked a guide was because she committed suicide in front of me. And I, and I like, I, I gasped. So I, I checked the guide to see if there was something I could have done differently. And uh, basically I, I, I said to her, Um, I've always been there for you, but I was supposed to say the opposite (laughs) because because we had that schism in chapter three. I had to sort of I think I had to agree with her that I um, that that I had made a mistake. But it's 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 confusing Um, the the uh, and the the uh, response where I was sort of trying to win her back ended up being the thing that caused her to stab herself so i i but but i didn't want that outcome so i i checked a guide to see what was going on and reloaded the save and got her to rejoin my party because i mean unlocking a super dope class for denim is appealing but it's not what i wanted for this playthrough so it, it was really the only the de- uh story yeah. decision i went back on
1: i i mean it, unlocking the lord class is i think useful like in post but like i i let Kachua kill herself i I just i wasn't following a guide through like chapter three or four um and the lord class was useless to me because like it's just about pulling skills from other classes and my denim ninja was still way stronger at that point
3: is it
2: is it kind of like a like an onion knight in um fft
1: i yeah i mean basically Mm -hmm. you can pick up any any skill from any class yeah
2: oh okay
0: it, it's a little different. In in Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, War of the Lions version, the I think the Onion Knight has bad stats until you level until you class level it up to level eight, in which point it has insane stats, but it can equip any skill and use any weapon. So it's it, it's it's a similar concept to that, and we should mention that I mean both of those are Matsuno games. And and Matsuno, in both FF Tactics and FF twelve and this, but maybe especially this, has some really esoteric, arcane means of unlocking things. That I found sometimes charming and sometimes annoying like uh, uh, you have to do six random battles in in special areas and then uh t- and then go to a dis- a dialogue tree and then fight six dungeons in a row to unlock that shaman class that I was halfway through unlocking when I stopped playing and I mean if, if that doesn't make you roll your eyes a little bit then I don't know what to tell you it's it, it, there's so he, he and and I, I I don't remember if I mentioned this in the previous episode or not, but to unlock Sherry, uh, you have she has to survive the the fight against her that um that's early in chapter four, um and then you have to go to this a, a city that you haven't visited since chapter three on a night that when it's raining with a with Olivia having a loyalty of three stars or more with you, and then she'll talk Sherry into joining you like that is so. Ridiculous! I don't know how it can be discovered organically, unless you really walk to every nook and cranny.
2: It's kind of like in um, not to bring everything back to tactics, but the um, in tactics, where in Final Fantasy Tactics, um, where you get Agrius's, uh what is it? She gets some sort of accessory, but it's only if you go to a certain place on her birthday.
0: And yeah. and and Musadio, Lavian, Lavian, and Alicia all have to be in your party.
2: Yes. Oh, there, that seems really cute. But yeah, I mean, but Matsuno loves doing this, loves doing this stuff and it's, yeah, it. I agree with you that it's sometimes, it's sometimes quite endearing, but it's also like this just isn't an organic video game experience. They're so, from a, I mean, from a gameplay standpoint, like, if I'm not looking up a walkthrough or a guide, I'm probably not going to stumble across that. And also just from a just from a development and labor side, if you're putting if you're putting resources into something that five percent if that of players are going to see, like that's that's pretty frustrating, I think.
3: Yeah, it's definitely a game for like at that level for people that are really into like talking on forums and like looking <laughs> up like, multiple walkthroughs and like min-maxing their time and like figuring things out like that together. Um, But yeah, like no one's ever going to recruit her without looking at a guide or like a post or something. There's no way. Yeah. I'm talking, talking about, talking
1: about Sherry, I guess. Yeah.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, I guess my question is like, how much of this was true in the Super Nintendo or even PS1 version? Like, like, and, and that it was even more difficult. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, here we can go back and go redo as many things as we want. But, like, how would how would you figure that out? And, I mean, I, I know that, like, SNES games, like, even, like, Final Fantasy VI would have, like, these weird, like, you have to go to this place at this specific time with this specific crew thing. But, like, I don't know how true that is here, I guess, in terms of the OG version of this game.
0: I think esoteria in uh, meeting certain conditions and unlocking certain things is true of a lot of JRPGs. Like, there's uh, you have to go through yeah. some ridiculous steps to, uh, to to get the best um, equipment in in Lunar to, in Lunar. Zach, remember you have to like yes, it's it, true in Tales of
1: Vesperia too. It's ridiculous in Tales of Vesperia.
0: Yeah, yeah. The um, the, the Tales of Vesperia has the Briannak spear, which is a real ridiculous thing to unlock, mm-hmm. and uh, it, that's bringing uh, bringing. The, this podcast to the early 2019 <laughs> in Retro Encounter. But let's go back to early 2017 and I'm sorry, late 2017 in Retro Encounter. We did some episodes on Final Fantasy 12, uh, another Matsuno game, and the, and maybe he's committed the worst sin of his whole career. The OG
1: version of this? Yeah, yeah the, the, with, with the OG
0: Zodiac Spear. <laughs> uh, four, four treasure chests, unmarked, unremarkable, regular-ass treasure chests that you are not allowed to unlock, I'm sorry, not allowed to open, uh, over the entire course of the game, and then go to a fifth treasure chest in in a late optional late game dungeon and open that one. And if the previous four chests are are still closed, then you get the best spear in the whole game. That that I I was now I I played Final Fantasy XII long after it's it was in the moment, so I knew about that, and I uh, I even checked a guide to make sure I could get it. I, I played it on the PS2, but a few several years after it came out, but. I was, I mean, furious is too strong a word. I was so annoyed that I had to not open treasure chests. As, as, a, as, a, as a JRPG player, as a video game player, my instinct is, of course, I want to open the treasure chest.
3: Totally. And, have, you ever, uh, have you ever seen the strategy, like the official strategy guide for Final Fantasy XII? <laughs> it's like so thick. Like it's such a tome of information And I feel like that's what, you know, like he loves that. Like he wants you like studying and like looking at all these charts and like feeling like you're always like kind of making like the wrong decisions and just like you're turned into a scholar. He turns you into a scholar to like play his games. And like that's really cool also frustrating
0: and we talked about the warren report in the previous episode um there's so much background information in this if you go into the warren report before the final battle it'll, it'll teach you about the history of the war between the five kingdoms like like haim was was one of the kingdoms that that led to the uh that led to the rule of king dorgalwa and i feel like matsuno put so much planning into everything from the politics heavy story to the mechanics-heavy combat to the uh, super weird um, unlocking of content, and he wants you to play the game through multiple times, especially uh, prior to the PSP version, to see all of, the, all of the writing and all of the ideas that went into this game. It, it's, it's such a dense game that is somewhat demanding of its players, but players that are of a similar mindset to Matsuno or, or appreciate the detail Matsuno puts in will absolutely love it because there is so much passion and detail. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. There, there is. And, and this also, I think his crafting system in this, maybe not just his, but the crafting system in this is also, um, uh, one of those things where it's like, it can't be quite useful and it can make your weapons more powerful. Like as when I was in the end game portions, I had plus one, uh, Plus one siege bows, and whenever they hit something, they uh, bound them, which was super useful. But um, crafting those is time-consuming and kind of annoying. Um, and there's been this problem as well in Vagrant Story and in Final Fantasy 12 with the um, with the license board equipping things, which can be kind of funny, but is also Rather strange when it takes so long to unlock. I know a gauntlet, <laughs> but you can use the best you know the best weapon for your class or something. It's it's not the best. Um, it's not the best utilization of crafting and equipping systems.
0: I uh, one of the ores that is required for several weapons uh, in the late game is woots ore and to go from the inf- the ore you can buy in the shop to a single bar of 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 wootz ore maybe it's a wootz ingot is i think 38 crafting steps and uh and, and and you can't mass craft like even something like turning inferior ore to iron or iron ore to iron ingots which has a 100% success rate you have to do them one at a time and that is and and that is just why uh it's like, like crafting is a system worth exploring in this game to get the most out of your weapons and the most out of your units. But, Oh boy, like it just, just the, just the, uh, the process of crafting is laborious in this game. There there's so many ways they could have improved it that they just chose not to. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I mean, before, before I went into the hanging gardens, which is the last area in the game, I spent two hours just crafting like and just trying to max out two the money hours. Two hours. That yeah,
1: I wild. Just, I didn't craft a
2: single time in this game. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I, prob- I probably I probably went
0: I probably went through three full episodes of Murder She Wrote just crafting in this game. Yeah, oh my goodness.
2: and and it is and it at a certain point it does give you some sort of satisfaction and it can be pretty powerful what you can do by just making a plus one weapon, but yeah, I just wish it was faster. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Even just like the amount of button clicks you need to like upgrade your crossbow to crossbow plus one is like way too many.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Just for woots that's 38 stages, which is probably four or five clicks at least per stage that those really add up. And, 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 and like Joe mentioned, crafting is useful and powerful, but it's just, it's, it's just laborious. And also the um, the success rate for advanced equipment gets pretty low, like in the in the forty to fifty percent range, which invites save scumming, which I absolutely did when the when the crafting uh, rate got below ninety. And uh, that's just again, I I think Matsuno wants you to experience everything in this game, but also wants you to put in the work. So a lot of it is sort of bound to end game or has ridiculous unlock requirements. Or uh, necessitates you to replay parts of the game, and some fans will love that. And and in a different mindset, I would probably love that. But with me, you know, wanting to get to other games in my list and wanting to prepare for other podcasts, <laughs> I, uh, I I I declined to go to, to really go the distance in Tactics Ogre. My uh, my playtime ended up being right at 50 hours, um, which is only scratching the surface of the end game. But uh, well, speaking of end game, let's uh, talk about the the story a little bit more. Um, whether Cachua rejoins you or not, the, uh, the 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 Knights of Lotus that are present in, in Heim reveal that their plan overall was to get uh, the uh, is it the Brynhildr? Yeah, the, uh, the the sacred sword. Right. Yeah, the, the Brynhildr, the sacred sword that the Knights from uh, Zenobia were looking for, and use the sword. To open a gate to hell that is underneath the Hanging Gardens, which was sort of like the, a special residence of King Dorgalua. And uh, if if uh, if Kachua is in her your party, when you get the Brynhildr uh, from uh, Lancelot at the at the end of uh, at, at the end of the the, f- the fights in Heim, she can equip it if she's level thirty, which is nice. But I, I don't know if it's totally uh, if it's totally necessary. I mean, I, I only be, I think my character's in the level 26-27 range when I beat the game. But it, it looks like th- there's a schism within the Knights of Lotus themselves. Uh, Lancelot's plan from the beginning was to sort of win a hearts and minds campaign with the Valerian people by, uh, you could say, befriending or you could say manipulating Kachua into becoming a new a new queen uh, and being the descendant of Dorgalua should be very accepted by the people. And he was on the path to doing that until Denim interfered. Like, um, uh, if... Kachua does not commit suicide, then basically the same thing happens, but without Lotus's influence. And I think Lancelot and, and one of the other Lotus Knights wanted to bring Kachua to power, uh, use the sacred sword, possibly with, with Kachua's assistance, to get to that power underneath the Hanging Gardens and use the power of the ogres sealed within. But uh, and, and then also have Kachua as almost like a puppet empress... That they could, uh, that would be closely tied to the to the um, t- to Lotus, so that the nation of Lotus would have a staunch ally in Valeria. But when it doesn't go that way, the other the other knights that are in Lotus, that uh, they sort of betray Lancelot, and they take the Brynhildr, and sort of abandon him, and uh, and run to the Hanging Gardens to try and uh, get to the power there. And uh, while you're pursuing them, they send monsters and armies after you. Just a bunch of templars. How, how about fighting so many faceless, classless templars in the end of this game?
1: I mean, they all have classes. You just can't see what they are. Which yeah, is actually very frustrating. And
0: I normally love, uh, you know, multicolored c- characters with face masks, but I, uh, I was, I was not into it this time.
2: Speaking of like endgame stuff with or um like the last part of the story with Bakrum um also we find out that Denham's Bakrum yeah that's um, wild his
0: father was a priest in the capital Heim with uh with that archbishop guy with the four daughters and with uh, and with Branton um but then sort of Branton became the regent and was the and was sponsoring a, uh, a, a sort of an unseen child character as the as the puppet emperor uh uh, he was using the the child to legitimize his uh, his rule, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but 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 we never see the kid himself, and um, so there's co- this connection between uh those three those three men and uh and your father tells you all this on on your deathbed and also tells you the truth about Kachua, that she was the illegitimate um, daughter of the king, and and also one moment I thought was kind of cute uh, the four sister characters. Who at least can all join you on chaos route? Um, one of them, Olivia. I think she's got a bit of a crush on Denim, because she uh she says sort of wistfully when you meet her that uh yeah the four the four of us sisters all went different different paths and I stayed with the church to take care of Dad, but I remember when we played as children together in in the capital and and at the very end of the game her father even tells Olivia go to him. I know I you've been the you've been the well behaved sister all of these all of these years. Now you now you deserve some freedom. Which I thought was very, very cute, uh, sort of an understated, uh, unrequited romance plot, but uh, yeah, Denim and uh, and Katua are all either all backroom or half backroom. I'm not. I but uh, but 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 were raised as Wallisters. I, I liked
2: that. Um, I liked that they had that in there of Denim being Bakrham and him saying, "Well, I'm just gonna kind of continue on my path." um it doesn't Mm -hmm. you know and olivia i think says something along the lines of like did like you were hoping for a kingdom for all of valeria right not just one kingdom and um and i think that kind of speaks to part of the theme in this game is um just the uselessness of uh ethnic distinctions in things Mm -hmm. like this because of how um it isn't. It's about what's right. It's about what's just, and it's not about um, the sort of thought of tribalism or putting ethnic interests above class interests or above um, the interests of the um, of the world as a whole. Um, so he so he's Bakr, but he says, "Well, I'm still going to lead this coalition. I'm going to do my best to make a Valeria that's for all of us." So.
0: You could even say the message is to cling together.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fascinating thing because it goes against the philosophy of lots of JRPGs um, because, like, the philosophy of lots of JRPGs is, like, fight for who you are. Um, Like, I've been been playing a lot of Final Fantasy XIV lately, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a fairly late game at this point in 2020 storyline where... Like the idea is that you are going to maintain your own kingdom, your own culture, your own ideas, and that is not really what Tactics Ogre seems to be arguing to me. It seems to be arguing that actually uniformity is best. And I'm not sure that I agree with that particular argument, but I think it's fascinating.
0: I think uniformity is the wrong word. I would say Fair I, I would say that uh, a lot of JRPGs are individualist. Where, um, where fighting for what you believe in and fighting for what's right is the most important. And in, in Tactics Ogre, they reject that a little bit by having that path be the chaos path, which is messy and, and unsatisfying. But, mm-hmm. uh, but instead of uniform, I would use the word collectivist. Well, like it, 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 uh, basically, coming together for a common goal or, and for the best outcome will always be better than people competing for individual outcomes. You could you could almost, yeah. I mean if you if you I, if you, if you, if, that, if, yeah, you if you add a a a uh, an economic bent to that you could even make that the argument between communism and capitalism. But it, but this is but I, but I think that more broadly tactics Ogre is is uh, individualist versus collectivist, and it tries to have a collectivist message to a degree that is not that, like Zach said, is not always true in our NJRPGs.
2: In mm-hmm. And and as we had talked a bit last episode about the how this game was influenced by the Yugoslav wars. Um, the the idea of ethnicity um, playing into that as well um, is really important, is really important for this because, you know, when you look at the Yugoslav wars, yes, there's a, there's a Serbia and yes, mostly there are Serbs there, but in Croatia, there's a large Serbian population. When you go to, um, When you're looking at Kosovo or something, there's a large Muslim population, but that doesn't mean that the rights of the minority can be um, unheeded or something. And it's all about um, every voice being heard. And um, I think that's something that this game kind of zeroes in on. But in the ending of it, at least in my ending, uh, it was... uh, (laughs) It didn't exactly turn out well so that, that was true in
1: my ending as well i mean uh denim is assassinated in my ending um same so uh because i let catch die i think is the reason that happens in my ending at least
2: is it, in yeah. in your ending is in your ending zach is um denim uh assassinated by by a wallister rebel i believe so yeah that's what happened in mine so mm-hmm. I mean, it's
1: literally like he get like like the gun goes off and then it cuts to black. It's like very I don't know. It's very Sopranos.
2: That's, yeah, that's the ending uh, I got as well. And I think with the fact that at least in my playthrough, uh, you know, I I let I let five thousand Wallis, innocent Wallisters be murdered, I kind of felt that peace had returns to this land and that Denim kind of deserved a fitting hmm. end like that. My,
0: I got a pretty good ending, I guess, because because uh, <laughs> um, mine ends with uh, Katua on the th- on the throne, and Denim just deciding to walk away from it all, and uh, it, it uh, he's not assassinated, but and it seems like he he's interested in joining Canopus and the and the White Knights on their end, to Zenobia to experience new lands. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, so yeah, that that's wow that's crazy i didn't know there was a, there was an end game where denim where denim's
3: assassinated that's wild to me but
1: uh i think if you like catch die, it uh, it's that's what happens
3: yeah i love that ending i think it's, it's so great. good <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's so good
0: that, that is good. a very shakespearean to have um for, for him to rise to the top having lost it all and then sort of and then sort of uh d- losing it all losing his life as a result that's I guess I got the the quote unquote good ending. That's also sort of the most saccharine JRPG ending. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm happy with it now.
1: Yeah, I think I said in our Slack that like I got the a good ending, but I don't think it was the good ending. In, my, ins- favorite,
0: my favorite thing about my ending was uh, was Olivia admitting that she was in love with denim. I thought that was adorable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and it seemed to me. I'm I'm not sure about this. And from what I had seen, it. It seems a bit dubious, but in my route, it seems that the this kind of former Bakram elite um, and profit kind of war profiteers were the ones that put that Wallister rebel in that throne room and mm. led him to kill Denim. That's what it, it seemed like. Um, it seemed like they kind of um, gave the orders for that. I'm not entirely sure. It seemed like it was purposefully a bit vague, but that's the way it seemed to me, which is quite interesting. And maybe it's not such a good ending.
3: There's this really great thing. I think it's it happens maybe right after that or right before that, like final scene. Um, I think I'm rem- remembering this correctly. There's like a it's just like a black screen with like white text, and it's just like all of these events were recorded in history as the Heim Conflict. And, like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, like, all of these, like, dozens and dozens of hours of me, like, fighting and, like, making friends, like, making enemies. like And it felt, like, so, like, personal. And, like, that was, like, my whole life. But then it's just, like, the game tells you that it was just, like, two sentences in, like, a history book. Like, uh, you know. And I thought that was just, like, like a really nice ending, and like, you know, the human cycle is just gonna continue, and like, violence is gonna continue, and like, you know, my life was just like a tiny dot, you know, in the grand scheme of humanity, is is really bleak, but like also very poetic.
0: Yeah, just sort of the whole "time is a flat circle; we are all but passengers on the wheel of fate" kind of message mm-hmm. is, is is definitely present. And um, I, they also play around with the idea of fate in that sort of you, you make your own destiny but you, everyone's, like, you know, sort of time comes for everyone. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's, it's sort of a bleak message but also, but again, Matsuno just celebrating the details and putting all mm-hmm. of this story planning in. I, I, I think that getting different endings is cool and interesting but it's definitely more about the process than the product. In, in in Tactics Ogre, it's... It, this is a game where I was frustrated by the little things, but also really loved a lot of the little things. This is a really, really interesting RPG that... Uh, I, I want to get into another topic here. Um, why has there not been a single Tactics Ogre or Ogre Battle release since this PSP remake? Like, like is, is it that forgotten and that sad? Because I i disagree with that notion a little bit just because of the reaction whenever I, rpg fan posts ogre stuff
1: i i think the answer is twofold one is i believe that square owns the license at this point square um, published
0: the psp game
1: right and i don't think that it's popular enough that they're going to invest the money. In it. I mean, if they were going to do something, I think they would publish a final fantasy tactics too, like a true one um, mm-hmm. that would certainly bring in, I don't know, probably something like 50 times more money. If I had to guess, um, and you could even make it the same story. Just like throw some chocobos in there um, <laughs> and
3: that, that would be enough. And they would make way more money on it. Yeah. So was there a Kickstarter or something? With Matsuno at one point, there I was. And it, that. There, there is still one going, technically. Yeah, it, it
0: was
1: uh, a. <laughs> some I, story. Yeah, yes. I would
0: I would call that a a, a failed crowdfunding attempt because it okay. uh, it, it it far it, well at least so far I think they're still saying there it's going to be made but uh, so far they've far under delivered on their promises.
1: It really concerns me about the Kickstarter that was announced today. So yeah.
0: <laughs> We are recording this at the same day that a a different legendary creator from the 90s uh, made a Kickstarter for a future project. That looks a little bit more promising than Unsung Story. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I wish everything... Can we do a
1: whole podcast on that right now?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we could. Let's at least finish this one first. But uh, so, so what do we think is like let's say Matsuno gets allowed to make a full game again which may not be which may not happen <laughs> Mats- Matsuno has had a lot of uh shine in Final Fantasy XIV. there's a Palace of the Dead uh deep dungeon based on the Palace of the Dead in this game and uh Matsuno wrote two of the major side quest scenarios ongoing in Final Fantasy XIV today but i i think that maybe Final Fantasy 14 ended up being such a troubled project that i think Square Enix is hesitant to to give him the keys to a nice car ever again uh is is at least my suspicion without any real evidence um to that effect but but what do we if if we get a new straight up matsuno with square enix money kind of game is it another ogre another ff Mm -hmm. tactics or a completely separate game that is that that references both or either or or one i
1: mean I think that Tactics would be the most likely candidate, just because I think there's a lot of money there, but like, I think Tactics Ogre is dead. I mean, honestly. I mean, like, we were talking about this, I don't remember where I read this, or maybe it was in the last podcast, like that every single Tactics Ogre game is incredibly rare, and maybe it's popular Mm -hmm. with our audience and it would be popular enough, but like, it's not gonna be as popular as a Matsuno product that has the name Final Fantasy on it. It's just not.
0: Yeah, but yeah. I mean, part of me is thinking uh, the three big ogre games are episodes five, six, and seven. So they they could go far into the future of this world or far into the past of this world and make whatever game they want and just call it ogre. And I, but but I wonder how much how much uh, weight the o- the tactics ogre battle name ho- name holds uh, mm-hmm. to anyone outside of our of our niche circle because I mean. L- Let's face it. Four of us, the four of us, are active in in the Japanese RPG loving community that really celebrate games like Tactics Ogre. But more casual fans of video games or even JRPGs might not have ever heard of
1: of, of these. They're
0: a little obscure in the in the in the greater discussion. And, and, I guess that's my broader point. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, like, Final I, Fantasy, like, everyone's heard of Final Fantasy.
0: I, I talked myself into agreeing with you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and I think
2: um, part of it is also just so many games have taken inspiration from Tactics Ogre um, and then, you know, from Final Fantasy Tactics as well that it could be that they just don't really see the the market for it because you have so many... You have a lot of different strategy, you know, strategy RPGs and strategy slash tactics games now. You have your Disguise, you have a ton of indie projects, you have your Desperados, you have your Shadow Tactics. So it's, and you have games that are, um, that have some similar aesthetics and ideas, but are completely different, like Into the Breach. So mm. I, it feels like they're just might, they might. Be having cold feet about it because they don't feel the space for it to be, um, for it to have the success that they would want or something.
0: Maybe Babylon's Fall is secretly a, an Ogre Saga game and they just haven't told us yet. <laughs> and, and um, you, you know, for probably 15 years, maybe more than 15 years, uh, when I talk about RPGs having an end game that far exceeds the base game. And has all of these exploitative, silly gameplay details. I would always compare them to to Disgaea, but now I think mm. that I've seen the original article. I, I what I should have been doing all these years is comparing them to Tactics Ogre. Huh. So, do we have anything left to discuss? I mean, I think this game educated all of us, except for Nilsson, who who was way who was way ahead of the curve compared to <laughs> compared to the three the sophomoric trio of the of the rest of us i mean
1: just like the volume of i mean i think i'm probably the lowest on this game of the four of us like i think that the balance is totally off um and i think that like i don't like the class progression system very much but like the volume of things that i know came out of this game like it's it's astounding how important it is
2: like in Mm -hmm. retrospect it's Um, You know, I played a bit of Final Fantasy Tactics this afternoon, just as kind of a refresher of like, okay, what are the differences in this game and how it plays and how the class system is? And one thing, um, playing Final Fantasy uh, Tactics War of the Lions after playing um, uh, Tactics Over PSP, um, that game is a lot slower than I remember and a lot slower than Tactics Over. In terms of the gameplay and then you know there's the spell slowdown um that's more to the specific to the psp version
0: of war of the lions but uh but but your point still stands this game is is faster moving moment to moment in gameplay than than war of the lions is
2: right and i did find myself being like wish i could (laughs) have had that wheel of fate right now um but with with final fantasy tactics i think it has more um it has more personality to it and it has more of a sense of uh enjoyment and fun in a lot of ways with um especially with the classes slash jobs because in this one we talked about it last episode but you can't be recruiting a powerful character and then just have them come in at level one and whereas in final fantasy Mm -hmm. tactics there are a lot of skills that transfer over and characters join at um different levels um this doesn't do that pretty much at all so Yeah, if you get a character, you know, if you unlock Denim's Lord class, you can use that, sure. But you have to get rid of all of your equipment. You have to equip some terrible things and start at level one from that and work your way up over, like, I don't know, a dozen battles. Yeah. If you're you're on level twenty or something. And this version apparently improved on that issue. So, yeah. And that's just, that's... That's pretty that's pretty onerous. That's pretty unforgivable unforgivable, um, in my opinion. You know, I really liked a lot of things this game was doing, but I wish that it did not do that. I, I, I really liked this game. Um I
0: thought that the the writing was uh was was really entertaining. I had fun going into the Warren Report and learning about the war before this war. Uh, I, I thought it was really good from a story perspective, and I and it, it was fun jumping back into a strategy RPG. I haven't played one in a while. Mm-hmm. I I think the last one I really got deep into was uh, South Park: The Fractured Butthole, which is <laughs> w- which I, I I'm <laughs> not game. Game. It, which is What's a good game, but uh but but still it's <laughs> been a minute since I you're I, I, for the site, didn't you? I did. Um, it, but it's been a minute since I've uh, I've played a strategy RPG, which is a genre I love. And, uh, so it was sort of fun falling back into one again, uh, so this is a game that speaks to me to a degree, but there's a lot of frustrations, uh, not limited to resetting classes to level one, and how cumbersome crafting is, and, uh, how, how, uh, ch- how sort of just, and just the volume of endgame for rewards that maybe aren't, aren't worth the time investment, that, uh that had me not sour on it by the end but but uh, by the end i was ready to stop playing instead of in, and i was not that motivated to go and uh, explore other pathways just because of uh, again my personal wanting to get to other games on my list and uh and you know the frustrations of parts of the end game of let us clean together i think this game is great but i think its influence sort of outsizes how good the game is as a, as a standalone title but uh but i i don't want to disrespect that influence or it as a game because it's v- at, at like at the very very least it's a really really good psp strategy rpg like like i, I don't think I, I don't think i wasted those 50 hours but it's not my favorite game i've played for the podcast this year which is fair because i mean zach near automata was one of those games right <laughs>
1: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And I can think of like maybe one game you have played on the podcast that's better than that one. Maybe two, maybe three. I don't know. <laughs> um, it,
0: it's been a it's been a very good year so far for me for Retro Encounter. I've uh, I've played, I guess, uh, if you count FF Seven Remake, I guess six games um, for the for the podcast, and I've really yeah. really enjoyed all of them. Uh, so it, it's. Uh, and and this is not a, a dark mark, but I I think that at the fifty hour mark I was ready to end it. Yeah, and I, I
1: think it it is the weakest game I've played for retro personally. I mean, I liked it a lot. I think it was great, but like <laughs> I, even compared to like I don't know, I like Grandia better, which is probably like the worst game I've played outside of this. Oh, I, mean, I just play it. a lot of good games. I play a lot of good games for retro.
0: What's the worst game I've played for retro encounter? I'm not even sure. Now, that's this-
1: that's like. High
0: praise. I mean, I'm, so I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna be. I, I'm gonna be. Oh boy. I, I'm gonna be thinking about this for hours the after we recording. I, I was. I was really ready for the last story to end when I played that thing. And that's um, a short
1: game. So yeah.
0: Um. Let's see. Definitely not that. I'm looking at a list now. which is definitely
2: wasting my time for the podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I know what mine is off the top of my head. It's <laughs> definitely Wild Arms Three. <laughs> Ugh. i like sorry. Sorry, it sorry i begged out of that because i didn't have time i
0: <laughs> okay it's definitely not that
2: it's, definitely yeah not that. <laughs> you know it's it was you know this yeah this isn't the best game that i've played for retro encounter because yeah we've done mother three and or i've been on episodes with mother three and Near automata and vagrant story hey wants to know but um but it, i think it's I think it still has its merit and its influence and it does have a quite a good story. And um I think the end we didn't even really talk about the end gauntlet. I love the Hanging yeah. Gardens. Did you? I, what? I it.
0: it was <laughs> 16 <laughs> fights long. Yeah, it it was it, it was
2: it was sixteen
0: fights and I think they could have made it six and it would have been There's, it two it would have been. There's five. a way.
2: There's, There's a way to make it that. But yeah. I didn't do that. I'm I did the full I did the full sixteen gauntlet. I had a blast with it. <laughs> All right.
0: <laughs> I did not have a blast with six. Like it starts out with ten, and only the first and tenth of those ten have like named characters with with important dialogue. So like I I think they could have removed like eight of those ten, and then for the last six maybe cut out a couple of those. So like like I, I would have preferred if the final gauntlet was six or eight fights instead of sixteen, but. Okay, Okay. if we're, if we're talking about um, what the worst retro encounter game I've ever played was and how many f- fights the final fight should have been, maybe it's time to end the episode. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I I did really enjoy my time with Tactics Ogre, but I, I'm not about to dive into it because I have other games I'm diving into right now, one of which is Mario & Luigi Superstar Saga. Um, we are doing two episodes in a row on Superstar Saga in the first two weeks of August.
1: Can't wait to listen to those.
0: You, you know, um, I... Enjo- I, I played that game 15 years ago, or m- maybe a little longer, and I'm enjoying it right now. But I am seeing the I'm seeing the wrinkles a little bit more clearly than I than I did 15 mm. years ago.
1: So so it's, I, it's, I reviewed the remake for the site and I loved it. So I don't know.
0: I, I'm playing the remake and and I like yeah. I like a lot of it, but it will not be universal praise on that on those episodes and and if anything i'm one of the more positive people on those episodes but I, i'm gonna i'm gonna leave that to your imagination uh in the in the next two weeks we're doing two episodes on mario and luigi superstar saga those are episodes 248 and 249 and if my knowledge of integers is as good as it was when i was a student after that comes episode 250. um we oh, are yeah. we are doing a, a mailbag episode for episode 250. it is so please send us emails send them to retro at rpgfan.com and we will read all of the emails that we receive on air and respond to any questions that you might include within those emails. And by the end of the episode, we will probably come up with a game or a pool of games that we will uh, have a future retro encounter uh, game journal duo on probably in December or January. So please send in those emails to, Uh, retro at rpgfan.com for episode 250 you can all if you want to engage with us uh in other ways besides email you can comment on the boards visit the rpg fan facebook page visit instagram twitter discord our twitch channel and uh and nilson and joe you as our as rpg fan social media staff you are very active posting on on many or if not all of those of those venues there are a lot of ways to experience RPG Fan besides just listening to Retro Encounter. And speaking of listening to RPG Fan things, there's also Random Encounter, a podcast about randomness, Rhythm Encounter, a podcast about RPG, fan, about RPG music, and Phoenix Edge, a weekly podcast mostly focused on current events. Please review Retro Encounter and those other three podcasts on iTunes or Google Play or however you are listening. We love feedback. Please give us criticism. Please engage with us however you wish. But if you want to engage with the four panelists directly, what's the best way to do so? Uh, Let's tell the listeners exactly that. Starting with you,
2: Joe. Uh, You can find me on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Discord as at Eva Least E V A. Uh, a Little underline thing L E A S -S 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 T underscore thing.
0: Sometimes you just forget the names of punctuation. It happens. Oh, I need some food. All right, before I forget the difference between a colon and a semicolon, uh, Nilsen, how can listeners reach you?
3: Um, definitely follow the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, RPGfan.com. Uh, me personally, you can find me at nilsen.ich.io. It's where I host all my like weird RPGs. All right, and Zach, how can listeners reach you?
1: Uh, the best way is probably email Zach at rpgfan.com or you can find me on Discord at Zach W.
0: And listeners, if you want to reach me, talk about podcast things, watch me post about RPG th- fan things, get very very annoyed at Washington DC sports teams, the best way to uh, follow me is is Twitter. Um, that uh, I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoca for Dogs other times, and on RPG Fan's Discord I am Monsoon Mike. Whew. Well. Wow. The four of us clung together and we got through two podcasts about this very, very interesting video game. <laughs> <laughs> was that was that a little, was that was I trying a little too hard? I think I think I was. All right, let's have a four-part harmony. Are we going to do a four-part harmony? Yeah, no no one harmony? wants that except maybe yeah.
1: you, Joe. can you just do it by yourself?
2: <laughs> no, because okay. it's four parts, Zach. We need to do it because as I calling it together. On. No, we're singing together. <laughs> okay, okay, okay.
0: Find us some Hitoshi Sakimoto sheet music, but uh, for now, thank you. Good night and good luck. Yeah.